Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 161 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, this little break from Overwatch League, we are absolutely, absolutely eaten. We got a lot of news here as far as Overwatch 2 goes, um, which, I mean, we knew that they, they announced they had an announcement of their announcement uh, and told us that there would be a big live stream on June 16th. Um, and they caught us all by surprise by announcing stuff uh, before June 16th. Uh, I think they announced something uh, Tuesday, yesterday, and Sunday. They, they made two big announcements starting at um, whatever Microsoft's event was this weekend. They, it was where they made their first announcement. Um, and wow, I mean, they're just teasing, teasing, teasing the crap out of us so far, and it's it's looking super fun. I mean, the first big announcement they made um, was the release date uh, for Overwatch 2, which I don't think anyone, I didn't expect that to be announced on Sunday, so I was very shocked to hear that. Um, it's coming out October 4th. Exciting. We got an actual release date. Uh, this is just for the PvP stuff, of course. Overwatch 2 PvE will be later. Um, and they also announced it's free to play. So those that's two. That, that's immediately we have a lot to, to dig into here, Joe. Uh, what do you think about the release date? Free to play. Are you excited about it? Yeah, uh, I think, <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways this is in line with... Um, you know, speculation we've seen from from uh, people in different groups around the community for a while now. Uh, you know, just based on the way that um, uh, different you know faces in the industry are going, and different uh, perspectives we've seen from other games um, as far as the the payment model goes. Um, you know, obviously they're um, uh, pretty well set on the idea at this point of um, you know divorcing the the PvP from the PVE. Um, uh, you, you know that decision has, has clearly been made now for the sake of you know developments and beta and all that. Um, um, but now you know even for for the actual game itself, uh, I, I think it's almost certain if they haven't explicitly said it already um, that you will still pay for the the PVE experience. But um, um, but yeah, I did definitely a a release date of any kind uh, for this. Um, uh, early access is what the, um, the the term they're calling this October launch. Um, a release date of any kind is, is still surprising. It's like you're saying, I, I I didn't expect that to come out at this point, um, and certainly not in um, the you know in front of this uh, second beta that we're expecting. Um, but when they were when they were announcing this stream and talking about it in terms of you know this is this is the Overwatch two reveal event. Um, you know, I think that's um, uh, evidence enough that the, there was something big going on for sure. Yeah, and I, I clearly have got to have some more things besides these two things they announced here. I mean, uh, it, it looks like some people... So the stream uh, is going to be on YouTube and uh, people are able to find out how long it is. Um, and apparently it's 40 minutes. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, and I mean, I would be fairly disappointed if they just went over... We we do know for sure Junker Queen's um, you know cinematic will be in there, so we get a whole animated cinematic like we usually get, uh, which is always hype. I, I'll be honest, like the cinematics were the first reason I even got into Overwatch. Um, that first announcement cinematic they did uh, just it made me fall in love with the uh, universe in general. So I was just I am super excited to have those back. There's something about cinematics that just bring this game to life. Um, we do know we'll get a cinematic. I imagine we'll go deep into Junker Queen's abilities. We'll probably get to see new maps because we did get confirmed that the second beta will have a new map. Um, there in there was also on Sunday when they announced when it was being released that they they had a little trailer uh, towards the end. There they teased a little fox hero, which everyone is assuming is a support. Um, and yeah, what do you think of the trailer overall as well? I think Junker Queen looks great. Um, just having a trailer in general got me super hyped. Did, did it bring you back, Joe? This this beautiful reveal trailer. Oh yeah, something we haven't seen in quite a while, <laughs> as far as that goes. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. The the Kanazaka Fox hero that got um, 
uh, you know, just just very very briefly touched on when that uh, deathmatch map came out. Uh, sounds like is is um, definitely at play here. Uh, we got, like you said, a, a teaser for the cinematic, which just sounds like to be a full cinematic. Um, you know, releasing presumably with with tomorrow's um, events. Um, but even just little things, we saw a bunch more uh, visual reworks for heroes that we haven't officially seen yet. Uh, from Diva to Arissa to Roadhog, uh, which I guess we've seen Roadhog, um, to who else do we see? I don't know, lots of people uh, <laughs> that we saw visual yeah. reworks for. Um, yeah. They teased, um, looked like uh, little gun charm accessories. Uh, they teased a bunch of new skins, uh, including like, you know, matching team skins for. Um, that may have some connection to, to PvE missions um, that you get to see. Um, we saw uh, at least one new map in there somewhere, and not much of it, but just enough to recognize that it was a new map. Um, all kinds of stuff, really. Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot. And yeah. and you know we can we can speculate all we want now for like twenty hours, um, and then <laughs> twenty hours from now we'll have all kinds of new details um, that obviously will discuss on the show but just the the way and the speed at which things are going is 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 um uh definitely definitely a good thing yeah i like to think someone who works everyone who works on the overwatch team like got the feedback from the first beta that everyone was like what have they been working on for the past two years now and then someone just said you want to see what i've been working on and they just (laughs) stuffed it all into this trailer um, because yeah, it finally feels like okay, this is what they've been working on. Because there was just so much jam packed into there, um, and you match mentioned those matching skins makes me like I, I think some people there are theorizing like skin packs almost. Um, which if you ever ever played Valorant, they have gun uh, skin packs that they sell for an obscene amount of money. So I hope it's not that much money. Um, but it's it definitely reminded me of that. Maybe you buy a whole pack of skins and you get um, skins for five different heroes. It looked like five people had the same skins, um, which would be cool if the skins are cool. Um, so yeah, that's the big that's the big thing with free to play too. Of course, everyone's discussing. Okay, how are they going to monetize now? I think Battle Pass is the obvious um, way to go. They got gun buddies, like Joe mentioned. Like that's a big hot item on the battle pass probably voice lines in there probably sprays all that stuff that you usually get um yeah see we'll see if loot boxes are even a thing anymore because you could just go the valorant route and the riot games route and just straight up sell skins for money basically uh, instead of having a loot box system um but i think league of legends still has like a loot boxy type system for just playing the game and i imagine overwatch would keep that going as well but uh, I, I imagine they're changing the in-game currencies to be a lot more, uh, you know, fully focused on uh, them making money because that's the only way they're going to be able to make money now because th- they don't want to put heroes behind a paywall, which is the worst part of the Riot games, in my opinion, um, is that if a new hero comes out or a new champion comes out, I have to pay to play it, which is <laughs> very, very sad. Um but yeah, there's just so much stuff in there. We could literally just dive in and analyze the trailer or something. But uh, we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, the next announcement they made was uh, about the next beta. Uh, they didn't leave us hanging for long. Everyone after Sunday was like, oh, does that mean we're not going to be able to play Overwatch 2 until October? That's very disappointing. And then on Tuesday, they said, nah, uh, <laughs> you're going to be able to play it June 28th, uh, which somehow s- people still were upset by that. And I was like, what? what did you expect i don't don't get it um but yeah june 28th uh next beta is coming out apparently there will be details on how to sign up and get into that beta uh tomorrow on that live stream uh but it is console as well so it's not just console uh, it's not just pc this time uh console players can also get into this beta and they have confirmed that it will include junker queen and it will include a new map so that's very exciting, very fun. How long do you think this beta would last, Joe? I mean, there's a lot of debate around the community that uh, they won't. It'll just be another short one, or this this should be up until the game just comes out. What, where are you? Where do you land on that, Joe? Where? How long do you think it's gonna last? Yeah, I wouldn't think. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't think it's gonna be uh, much longer than uh, the first one would be my guess. Uh, you know, I mean, particularly the way they, they laid it out for us. Um, 
in advance of the first beta, you, you know, they said, okay, there's going to be several, you know, we're going to have some, um, uh, some on periods, some off periods. Um, so, and in fact, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get, you know, this, this second beta period and then probably a third, uh, we certainly have the timing for a third, uh, before, um, before this October early access launch, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, and I guess I haven't looked at a calendar recently, but maybe a fourth, who knows? <laughs> but, 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 you know, the, the, the ability to iterate, I think is, is definitely helpful for them and the, the bigger downtimes, um, in between, hopefully we'll give them the chance to add, um, bigger and different kinds of new stuff like, uh, like these new heroes and like these new maps, um, which granted they certainly don't, uh, uh, certainly, don't have to, uh, you know, take some extended downtime down to do, but you know, it, it allows them to to work some stuff out. I'm sure. Oh yeah, definitely does, and it and allows them to build up more hype. I know people get upset that they can't play the game, but you know, if they just take the beta straight into the game's release, no one's gonna be hyped for the game's release. Uh, you gotta you gotta sort of leave people wanting more, um, and then. At the release date, everyone will be excited. It'll pop off on Twitch, all that stuff. So, yeah. Interested to see how um, beta signups work this time, if it's the same as last time, if they're going to switch up drops at all. Um, but I would assume it's going to be similar, and you probably can earn your way into the beta by watching on Twitch again. But we will see. Not confirmed yet. Um, but yeah, that's what they've announced so far. A lot more than we thought would be announced at this point, Joe. So I think we're just glad to have stuff to talk about on the show because obviously we're going to have to wait till next week to talk about this live stream. Yeah, um, but the, and the good news is I think, uh, I, I anticipate, I suspect, uh, that there still, uh, will be some, some decent stuff to talk about and some, some stuff that hasn't been clear or hasn't been, uh, fully revealed yet, um. Uh, in this stream, so it's it's definitely going to be uh, a, a full week for Overwatch people, that's for sure. Oh yeah, I'm super excited for tomorrow. Um, and not only because of uh, obviously this live stream, but Overwatch League comes back tomorrow, which uh, I didn't expect to happen. I'm so used to last year's breaks in the middle of stages, they were two weeks long. Um, so the fact it's coming back already is pretty nuts. Uh, so obviously we got predictions and power rankings and stuff for you coming up here. Uh, and yeah, apparently they're also going to be announcing um, what it means for Overwatch League before the Overwatch League broadcast tomorrow. So That's we'll, good. we'll get news. Yeah, we'll get news of what these Overwatch 2 uh, announcements mean for the league. Um, all right, we got a lot of like <coughs> weird signings and news this week, Joe. Uh, because they're all just sad. They're all just very sad. Um, Alright, Vulcan's contract expired with the New York Excelsior. It was only like a 30-day contract, apparently. He did absolutely nothing. And according... or Everyone believes he was just there to fill out a roster spot, basically, and get them to the requirement. Uh, which, you know, sparked a lot of debate. That's really sad for Vulcan, who just didn't get any playtime. Got signed to this team for no reason besides to just be a person there and then left yeah clearly there was some you know some intent behind that uh some situation that new york felt they found themselves in but um uh certainly not uh, not one realized yeah no uh very weird to see i mean we all thought it was weird when he was signed too he was the only uh, na player to be signed to nyxl ever so uh, very weird. Now they're back down to five players, so everyone's still wondering, okay, did they... Because Kuki at some point showed up on their team roster on the website. So everyone's like, okay, is that their last player or what? Because they're sitting with five still. So do they send someone new or are they going to announce that Kuki is the player or what? Uh, no one knows. Is the answer. Okay. Next piece of news is also very weird. Uh, so Marv, Marvel, who of course was just just parted ways with the Boston Uprising uh, a couple of weeks ago, I guess, uh, is now signed with the Los Angeles Valiant. And that's not too weird of news, right? Uh, he's a good player. He just had to go back to Korea and couldn't, couldn't play on the Uprising anymore. The weird piece of news is that apparently... All the players are paying for him to play. <laughs> uh, the org is not paying for it. 
because uh, they don't have the budget. No Hill, uh, apparently, the coach, convinced uh, the players to pay for Marvel to be on the team, which is nuts. (laughs) That is absolutely nuts, unheard of, and in my opinion, definitely should not be happening. And it's not okay. Um, My God, this... This news is weird, Joe. I never expected to hear it. I mean, I I think Marvel can add something to this team for sure, but why did you sign five DPS in the first place? You (laughs) you can't use all those, and yeah, it's your budget's all in whack. It's weird. Pretty weird is good. That was the word I was getting. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is pretty weird. I mean, I think it's it's uh, good for the value. I mean, in the sense that I think Marvel is. Uh, a good tank player that they can use, um, and, and clearly the situation is such that I guess they're they're, they're desperate enough, or uh, you know, low resources enough, or whatever to to make this kind of happen. But um, but yeah, super weird and not um, <laughs> you, you know not the not the way that you often see not really the way you want to see uh players express their <laughs> their their confidence in uh you know the the coach and the team and the roster building and all that uh, financially <laughs> i mean i can, i can imagine the pressure on marvel as well if he performs poorly the players literally could be like yo i'm paying for you to be here why are you playing bad mm-hmm. um just such a weird situation my god um, and the weird situations like just continue here as um, Florida made a joint announcement, which is never a good idea as someone who uh, is coming from the Boston uprising and has been the uprising have, has been scrutinized many times for making joint announcements. And the Florida may have have made a joint announcement by announcing that Kariv wants to move to coach. So they allowed him to do that. And they picked up RuPaul RuPaul um, from Redbird Esports, I think. Um, to replace him. And then uh, they just tacked on to it that they will have to drop Adam because of this uh, all-in-one announcement, which is always great, especially for someone like Adam, who has already been through this once where he obviously joined the Valiant, didn't get to play, and got dropped. Joined the Mayhem, got to stay on the Mayhem for a little longer than the Valiant, but still didn't play and just got dropped. Uh, And he even tweeted after saying that apparently it wasn't an, even an in-person drop. They just called him and told him that he was being dropped. Um, Albert, of course, the GM, he's always super open about this stuff. Once again, twit longered about it, saying that he did make a mistake and he should have told Adam in person, but they had been trying to shop Adam around and get him to a different team for a while now. No one else wanted him. Um, and then it was just too late because of... These weird rules with 30-day contracts, obviously, um, that Vulcan was dropped because of as well. This is sparking a lot of debate, Joe, and a lot of people here, obviously, that these contracts and rules are really screwing over the players. And a lot of people are mumbling, like, the players should start, so they should unionize or do something so that they can not get screwed over like this. Because, you know, Adam moves all the way to America for this and he just gets dropped and barely paid. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sad. Obviously, clearly someone is better than Adam and someone's really good. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, what do you think about this uh, this unfortunate drop-in, Joe? Yeah, I'm definitely, um, definitely pretty high on someone <laughs> as far as that goes. Um, but I was also really excited, particularly preseason, to... Um, uh, to see Adam finally in the league um, on team number two, uh, still without having played, uh, and now he leaves team number two, still without having played. Um, um, yeah, because <laughs> he, you know, he was uh, particularly famously on that uh, LA Valiant roster that got dropped uh, when they moved to Asia, and yeah, has gotten um, you know a pretty raw deal in a couple different scenarios now. Um, um so so that's unfortunate uh i'm i'm really interested in this new um uh this new rookie support player though uh rupaul um uh, just for the sake of um 
number one, just based on his history um, <laughs> and the history of this team with rookie sport players, um, and particularly Sir Majed, obviously, um, just just you know wrecking face. It seems like in this first stage, uh, you know, maybe he'll have a, a partner now. Who's to say? Uh, uh, but yeah, another uh, definitely an, an interesting choice here by Florida. Um, like you said, in a in a week that's been full of that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Florida's just been one of those teams that have been making these types of moves all year. Kind of just like if you're not going to be useful to the team, you're gone. Um, so that's what's happening. And then, yeah, I think I agree with you, Joe. I'm excited to see Rupal. Um, uh, and then this last piece of news is breaking, basically. Uh, happened while while we started this podcast. Uh, parting ways with Glister. A Paris Eternal are parting ways with Glister. Did not expect to see this one. Um, Navala tweeted about it saying it has nothing to do with competitiveness. Um, and yeah, it was just hard for um, them to adjust, basically. Uh, Glister adjusting uh, around it being a Western-centered team. Um, obviously, Glister being only, the only Eastern player on this roster probably hard uh so that's very sad uh and obviously glisters was probably the one of the best players on this eternal team alongside Khan. um and yeah they're gonna need to we'll see what they end up doing here because they are down to five players and need another dps i haven't seen any rumors on them picking up someone um i heard naga might be available though <laughs> they want to sign him. Uh, what do you think about this uh, this move, Joe? Yeah, it's uh, definitely. Uh, it, it seems like in line with, for example, this um, uh, Vulcan situation in terms of just like uh, you know, not um, the you know the the official lines that have come out. You just oh, just not sitting, um, not sitting very well with. Um, uh, the rest of the team and 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 fitting in in terms of communication and and language and that kind of thing, um, but yeah, I think he's still uh, definitely a valuable player who's um, now sitting as a free agent. Um, you know, it's too bad many teams um, are not really hurt for DPS players at this point. Um, uh, with <laughs> with the, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, Paris as you know one of the exceptions to that statement. Um, um, but yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see where uh, what ends up happening with him the rest of the season uh, if he finds a if he finds a home somewhere. But yeah, that's um, definitely definitely an odd situation. Yeah, definitely definitely sad to see. Um, honestly, because Glister's talented player, and I guess it just wasn't fitting in. Um, but that's it for news. Those I mean, those four pieces of Overwatch League news right there, pretty pretty hot topics throughout the community. So. I'm excited to see the community's reaction to Glister because I think they're going to be confused, especially with this Paris team that has just disappointed the crap out of everybody this year, to be honest. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's move into talking about uh, who's disappointed us and who hasn't so far <laughs> with our power rankings. Oh yeah, uh, we do power rankings uh, after every single stage here. We're not a weekly thing. Um, so this is going to be our our sort of um, going into mid-season madness power rankings. Uh, not only based off the kickoff clash, but kind of how we think they're going to do going into the next one as well. Um, and we're going to try something new. If you want to, as always, if you want to like have a visual guide on what our power rankings were, because this is an audio thing, you can go to at on the flank show on Twitter and Joe uh, will have tweeted this out by the time our uh, podcast comes out so you can use the visual thing there we're gonna talk about teams uh based on how how high we move them up basically and how far we move them down um so we're gonna talk about teams uh basically like that and i think i have the two highest numbers on our on this movement here joe um so i guess i'm up first sure uh and and the first one is the chengdu hunters which i moved down eight spots um, I think I, I, first of all, I had him way higher than you, Joe, to start the season. I had him at, uh, at what, five or whatever. I something, think five, yeah. Something ridiculous. Moved, I had to move him down finally um, to 13. 
I don't think I have to defend this too much. Um, <laughs> everyone is very disappointed in the center's team. Uh, and drop it, dropping a Prita is, is just the downfall of this roster so far. Um, the, yeah, Leaf still looks great, but the rest of the team just isn't doing them. I, I think they could pop off in certain metas, but uh, for now, disappointed in them, and I'm lowering my expectations. And now I'll talk about London, which I moved up seven spots um, because I had them at 18, and they are now in my 11 spot. Uh, I am very impressed by what the London Spitfire brought in the kickoff clash at strategically um, and how they are unapologetically sort of just playing how they want to play. Uh, and for that reason, I think I want to move them up. I mean, if we just look at the last kickoff clash um, qualifiers, they had an insane, insanely good last weekend. They played very good against the LA Gladiators, uh, the team that obviously ended up winning the entire thing. And then they upset the Atlanta Reign, a team that got third in the entire thing. So they were competing with two of the top teams uh, and basically shaped the meta for the rest of the kickoff clash. So I'm very impressed by not only the players here, but the coaching. It seems like Christopher is a great coach uh, and is able to figure out the meta and how it works best uh, for his players specifically. Uh, so that's why I moved London up seven spots. Um I guess I'll let Joe, if you want to talk either about London or Chengdu, you didn't have as much movement for either of them, but you had London at 15 and Chengdu at 11. Yeah. Um, are you mostly agree with, in agreement with me or what? Yeah, I'll take the baton uh, as far as that goes. Because, yeah, I think um, uh, for both of us, we had the same same direction of movement there. I had uh, Chengdu fall down two spots, uh, notably below Hangzhou now, uh, as far as other teams um there in uh, APAC uh, and London, I, I, I bumped him up one, <laughs> a little conservative, uh, basically swapped spots with New York, at least for now. Um, uh, but that, that is definitely not to, to disagree with your assessment of the London Spitfire, though. Um, there were a lot of really good things to say about this roster in the kickoff clash, uh, and they are coming in relatively hot, uh, particularly, uh, you know, as, as, as much as you can call uh, a team that didn't make the tournament coming in hot, uh, <laughs> they, they're definitely, <laughs> um, the, you know, they've got good things ahead of them and good things that they're looking at. Uh, and so with this, um, with this uh, new meta change that we're going to see, um, there, you know, there may be some shakeups, um, but as long as they can uh, continue to play uh, this kind of style they're comfortable with, I think that's, um, uh, definitely going to be to their advantage. Um, uh, the, the I think the the question that remains for London in particular uh, going into this midseason madness tournament is uh, just you know how much how much things may or may not be shaken up, um, uh, and as a direct result of that question, uh, you know how how relevant um, their their comfort style and their their successful style that they've had is still going to be. Um, here in, in week five and beyond yeah yeah for sure um all right let's go into some of your biggest moves here joe because you got two sixes here um and they're both minus six so um you moved the shanghai dragons down from number one to number seven um and then you moved the boston uprising you had them pretty pretty high um, at the I beginning did. of the season <laughs> from number eight uh down to 14 so if you want to talk about those two moves yeah, Shanghai took a pretty pretty precipitous fall. Uh, is is definitely accurate there. And I mean, this is a team, uh, you know, finished that first um, that first cycle through just with one loss, uh, but in second place once you count, uh, or in third place, excuse me, once you count map differential um, uh, and and points and everything there at the end of uh, this first tournament cycle. Um, yeah, definitely, um, I, I think it's fair to say underperformed, um, based on where, um, probably most people had, had, uh, placed them going into the beginning of the season. Um, that's not to say this is a bad team at all. I think, uh, you know, Shanghai is still, um, you know, right up at the top there. And even with these, uh, with these power rankings, uh, that I've got, I've got them at a really close third in APAC right now. Uh, behind Seoul and just behind Philly, uh, who who was be able to beat them uh, a couple times pretty convincingly. Uh, so that's my <laughs> that's my brief reasoning there. 
but um uh, but, but yeah, not a great month for Shanghai, and I say that uh, knowing that they got, uh, what, third in the tournament. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, when the bar is that high, that's the kind of, um, that's the kind of standard we got to hold you to. But, um, uh, but, but, you know, that's the, that's the uh, relevant stuff there <laughs> with Shanghai. And as far as Boston goes, we've, we've, um, We've talked about Boston a lot already on this show in the last couple of weeks, uh, and the 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 sagas of um, uh, you know f fulfilled potential or or maybe not so filled not so fulfilled potential, um, and and the the kind of changes that we may or may not see out of this team as as they continue. But um, yeah, I I want to see a lot better out of them. Um, and and just haven't yet quite at this point. Yeah, uh, definitely fair to see. Um, as far as Shanghai goes for me, I have them at four, um, which is a move down for me as well. Of course, I had them at one at the beginning of the season. Uh, I'm a still a little more, I, even though Philly has been stomping them this year, I still wanted to put Shanghai uh, above Philly and here at this four spot because I do think um, going into midseason madness, I think they're going to have a lot better performance, especially when they finally start to uh, be together again and be on good internet and all that stuff. It seemed like they had a lot of obstacles this kickoff clash, so I'm expecting them to get better, obviously. Um, and as far as Boston goes, I kept them where they were at 14, um, which, you know, I, I don't know. I definitely could see this team growing more, um, especially after they drop striker, but uh, we'll have to see how they compete here in the kickoff clash. I think you have the next biggest move as well, which is a five. Uh, you moved Florida Mayhem up five. Yeah, I, uh, and we talked about Florida. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we talked about Florida just just a little bit already when we were uh, talking about some of their roster moves. But uh, sure enough, still I am <laughs> pretty excited about the Florida Mayhem. Um, I, I the. Um, uh, I'd have to go back. I could probably have a, a nice quote of myself that I could quote myself from our um, preseason team breakdowns and all this kind of stuff, talking about the Florida Mayhem, because I'm I'm almost certain that I <laughs> really emphasize, uh, you know, the the potential value of these rookies that they're bringing in, uh, and and stress the importance of uh, needing to to step up and, and do what needs done, uh, and. And Florida is a team, uh, the team that that really has exemplified that in this first tournament cycle. Um, in, in all the roles, from someone to Hydron to Sir Maj, I mean, um, it, it's just been really a, a good month. And um, the their schedule, even this coming month, is is um, it's it's going to have some challenges uh, when they're playing uh, Boston, Dallas, Shock, and um, Toronto, London are their first five first five matches is it's going to have some challenges uh, but there's also definitely going to be some some spots for them to shine and i think that's um going to be the, the much more interesting oh yeah um definitely is going to be i i'm excited uh very excited to see what florida can do here i i also lift them up not as much as you did but i i have them at 10 moved them up three spots and I'm with you. I think I, I've been very, very impressed by this Florida team so far. And I think I, they're a team I can see growing. I don't think I see them falling off a cliff or anything like that. Uh, unlike some of these other teams like Washington Justice or uh, even Houston Outlaws, I, I, I can't see them getting much better than where they're at right now. Whereas Florida Mayhem, I think, have potential to start competing with these top teams. So uh, I'm excited for the Florida Mayhem as well, Joe. Um, I got I got one that moved up four, and that is the Soul Dynasty, uh, for me. I moved them from seven to three, and of course, like I feel like I don't have to explain this much because uh, Soul Dynasty they won, um, over in the East for the kickoff clash, so they totally deserve to be here up here. Um, uh, obviously, I think a lot of people would argue three is not high enough, and maybe I should have given them two. Um, but I, I still am in the firm belief that uh, NA is is definitely a better region than the East right now, um, and I have trouble seeing them uh, consistently being able to beat Dallas right now, who I think is a really good team. 
Uh, and I just do think, I guess, th- that the Gladiators are that good and on their own tier. Uh, but, yeah, Joe, you moved, obviously, Soul up. You have them in, in the two spot. Oh, yeah. Um, it, as well. Yeah, at this point, we can almost start talking tiers at this point, um, you know, and, and breaking this down a little bit. But, um, yeah, I've got both of us, both of us Gladiators, number one, um, and then Soul and Dallas, two and three, in no particular order. Uh, um, but, yeah, uh, Soul. Uh, in in a way that I, they uh, may not have properly been able to do uh, for the history of their franchise, I think may not be an exaggeration. Um, was really able to 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 finish this month um, and and pull things together and uh, <laughs> come up with wins uh, beyond um, the the still explosive play of uh, of profit in the DPS line. You know that's not to discount him at all. Um, but it, it's it's um, it, it's not every day that um, uh, the the Soul Dynasty in particular, but also just the team uh, behind Prophet is still able to to show themselves off. And in this case, they definitely were. Um, so that's that's still uh, definitely positive for them. Yeah, definitely is. Uh, we do have breaking news on who Paris signed, Joe. Oh wow! Um, they just tweeted it out. They have uh, signed Dove. Um, who most has just been playing in NA uh, Overwatch contenders for a while now uh, on teams like Uprising Academy, Odyssey, uh, Solaris, all this stuff. So, yeah, they have signed Dove um, to replace Glister, it looks like. The Atlanta Rain uh, missed their opportunity Yep, to sign another animal. Yep, they, they <laughs> missed out big time. <laughs> they clearly missed out big time. Um, but yeah, that's... It, that's a nice little signing there. Um, but let's get back into our power rankings here, Joe. I mean, um, not too many big moves throughout. Um, if there, I guess there might be specific teams we do want to talk. At the bottom, I will mention we both, Joe, you have put Paris in dead last. Uh, you've even put Vancouver above above them. Um, and, and, and to be fair, preseason they yeah. they started the season at 19, so they didn't have far to fall. Yeah, true. Joe was one of those people who knew, um, and I was not, I was and I was one of those people who put them at like 15, and I was like, Joe, I honestly could 100 percent see the Paris Eternal <laughs> just dying this year. I do remember, and you they have that. so far. Yeah, um, <laughs> and they have so far. So I mean. I guess, Joe, you don't have much to say besides what you said before, right? Like, this is what you expected. Yeah, and, and we get we get into some some more consistencies with our with our shared power rankings too. All uh, where both of us have uh, as our bottom three uh, pooled in there: uh, Paris, Vancouver, and Guangzhou, uh, taking the very bottom of of the APEC teams. Um, yep. I guess we can. I don't know if you've got. We can we can just talk about things as we go, but sort of tearing up. Then we looking at. Uh, you know, um, New York and the LA Valiants, uh, Boston's up there, Washington's there. Um, with the uh, with our exceptions, we already touched of, of London and Chengdu, um, and both of us have Toronto at twelve to round out the bottom ten. Um, and then <laughs> top ten, our, our next three, uh, we're looking at uh, Houston, Hangzhou, and Florida. Um, and then they're in the middle. We're looking at uh, the next four, four through seven for both of us include Atlanta, Philly, Shock, and Shanghai. And then we already talked about our, our top three are uh, Gladiators, Dallas, and Seoul. Um, so we, we, we are sharing a lot of things. I think um, uh, trying to make that um, North America to APAC uh, direct comparison can be difficult. Um uh, but for example, like the the middle tier there with with Shock and Atlanta, I, I, I think I'm definitely with you that uh, the the North American tournament that we saw um, was was definitely a little a little more exciting, a little more close, a little um, uh, potentially more competitive than uh, some of the things we ran into uh, in 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 Asia, and you know that may just be uh, confirmation bias from from the length of the tournament even, but um, um, yeah, it's it's. Um, definitely good to see these teams placing high uh, as far as that goes from from one region to another oh yeah definitely Uh, and I will mention my shock ranking which is 7 right now compared to Joe's 4 
And I think a lot of people have Shock much higher than I do. And I, I think, honestly, I think I might be wrong to put him here right now because we're about to maybe go into a meta um, where we get uh, double flex support in Bap Zen, both getting buffed. Uh, and this might be the Shock's time to shine for sure. Not like they haven't been shining before. They're <laughs> undefeated in regular season matches. Um, but I was really disappointed by their kickoff clash tournament performance. And I think it showed like some huge weak spots, um, specifically a tank, which they are trying to fix by signing Mikey. Um, and yeah, I, I, I and I think this meta where Violet doesn't have to play Lucio will help them a lot. Uh, and hopefully Kluj can be on some heroes he's more comfortable with, or they bring Mikey in if they're playing main tanks. Um, but who knows what's going to happen with this team. Obviously, you can still cr- trust them with Krusty there. Um, but overall, like that kickoff clash performance, just it didn't, didn't give me the best idea of how this team's going to perform um, in tournaments. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. Um, and... Yeah, besides that, Gladiators at top, of course. Like, I just think they're the best team right now, the most flexible team. Um, besides that, I don't have really much more to say. I do. We have. We both have Toronto at twelve right now, and that was a bump up for you, but it stepped down for me. I really think with them dropping KDG, that could just light uh, a fire under them, and they kind of they move forward and are a lot better. Or I think it could, could be the opposite as well, where that just contributes to the downfall. Um, but for now, I, I do. I have Toronto right at this 12 spot, and I think this is where they will float. They'll probably be on the edge of making each tournament, basically. Um, so not bad for Toronto. That might be one of their best seasons, right? <laughs> Which is yeah. sad to say. Which I and we've said for the last couple tournaments too. Yeah. 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 Um, I do have justice very, very low, but I don't think I should have to defend myself on this. They're just consistently disappointing. <laughs> um, and I would just, I don't know. I, I think they will, st- they're good enough to like probably be better than 15, but in my heart, they're 15 because I just don't think they're ever going to be able to perform well enough in some of these tournaments. Um, but yeah, that's. That's all I have to say about my power rankings, I guess. Any any other moments or spots you want to defend for yourself, Joe, before we move on to predictions? Or are we good? Yeah, I think that's the, the crux of it there. I, I, I would be definitely interested to see uh, London jumping higher than I have him. Uh, I wonder if Valiant will jump higher than I have him uh, there at the bottom. But... Um, uh, you, you know, and particularly, you know, we talked last week about the with the structure of this midseason madness tournament qualifiers. You know, we may not see much movement at the top. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, definitely, we will see. Um, I am excited to. Uh, we do get like Dallas uh, shock in this first week, um, which we will be predicting actually first here. Um, so that I think that'll give us a sign of what what the meta might be like. Um, but yeah, let's get let's hop right into the predictions. Um, if you didn't listen last week, I'm basically destroying Joe right now in the pickums because he unfortunately got uh, his bracket reset last week. Yeah. Very sad. <laughs> um, but we will continue on because I guarantee I will forget something at some point for sure. Um, but yeah, let's let's start off with this uh, this first week of um, the midseason madness here. Um, we get a really good game on day one tomorrow, and that is the Shock versus the Dallas Fuel. Uh, and we did just get to see this game, and the Dallas Fuel did just roll, um, absolutely roll the Shock 3-0. Um, but this should be super interesting. We have a new meta, Joe. Uh, and I, I guess I have to pick first since I'm in the lead, um, and I will. We have a new meta that I think favors the Shock more than it does the Fuel. Which leads me into my prediction of the Shock winning this game despite losing 3-0, despite me ranking them lower in the power rankings. Um, I would be more confident in the Shock if the meta is that double flex support. Uh, so I will be going with the Shock here, Joe. Uh, who do oh, you yeah. got between the Shock and the Fuel? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm leaning towards the Shock as well. Honestly, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an exciting game. Right now, my pickums I have them saved as uh, 3-2 for the Shock. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a close one. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, historically, Dallas has not been great at uh, making snap transitions and, and, and meta changes uh, have not been handled super well. Uh, and I think that combined with um, the San Francisco Shock, number one, being flexible and number two, uh, coming into the stage very explicitly prepared with what they know they want to do, uh, you know, including new signings and all. Uh, I think that's definitely gonna gonna work to their advantage um, uh, in this this particular you know week one day one matchup. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to a day two matchup in the London Spitfire versus the Toronto Defiant. Uh, we will see London play against Mayhem in that first game, uh, leading us off. So we we might know what Spitfire are bringing to the table uh, in this meta. We won't know what Toronto is bringing to the table. Um, this should be super interesting. I think a lot of people are a little bit scared for London this meta because if it was double flex support, Pokey with uh, playing against Sigma, like Ryan just won't work as well as it would against uh, Zarya or other comps. So, uh, I think a lot of people are not favoring the London Spitfire this weekend whatsoever. Um, and I did just put London one spot ahead of Toronto. I will go with London. Honestly, I think this is a close matchup. Um, and like I said, Toronto losing KDG could be good. It could be bad. I'm going to go with bad in this match, at least. <laughs> um, I, I like Christopher. I like the London Spitfire team. I'll pick the Spitfire to beat the Defiant. Who do you have, Joe? Yeah, so far, we're we're uh, operating on similar cylinders or something. I don't know. Maybe that was, <laughs> was that a plain joke. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't intended to be, and then I just started the sentence. Um, but yeah, because because I'm I'm leading into London here as well. I think uh, certainly this is a match that they really need to win. I was talking about uh, actually I was talking about uh, uh, Florida's schedule most recently. But um, you, you know this is uh, if they have any hope of making it to this midseason madness tournament, um, this match. Uh, you, you know, out of anything, is one that they really need to win because uh, they need the wins to get the credits, to get the points, to you know, to qualify uh, behind this uh, deficit that they're working with. Um, excuse me, just from just from having missed the first tournament, um, uh, I think that that incentive combined with, um, like I said, coming in coming in hot off of um, the the kickoff clash, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll give them enough to put them over the edge. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I should mention that there are no APAC games this week. Um, so, yes. yeah, that's why we're just predicting NA games, because there are no APAC games. It's true. Uh, next game is a, this, a Saturday game. It is the Washington Justice versus the Houston Outlaws. I don't believe... No, I don't think we saw this at the kickoff clash tournament. Um, but, yeah, this is a very... should be in a very interesting and close one. A lot of people have these teams on the same tier. Um, I don't trust the Washington Justice. I could easily see them randomly winning this game, to be honest. Uh, but I'll go with the Outlaws because I trust their coaching a lot more. Uh, and at the beginning of metas, I just tend to think Justice just never has it figured out at the beginning of a meta. I'm going with the Outlaws uh, to beat the Justice. Who you got, Joe? Yeah, this is this is definitely going to be a good one. I think Houston needs some redemption. Um, as far as that goes, um, to to make some changes and to um, uh, jump back up into a little bit more of a prominent position, uh, I, I think this one is much much closer to go either way um, than a, a couple of the other ones maybe have been that, so far that we've talked about. Uh, even to the point that I think I had originally picked Houston, but for the sake of argument, I'm going to go for Washington in this matchup. Um, right. And and what that's going to rely on is. Um, uh, it's going to rely on, first of all, an answer to uh, the Houston tank line, uh, which I guess we can't even really call it a tank line anymore. Um, uh, but but a, a very consistent uh, look that they've given uh, in a lot of ways over their, their last uh, couple weeks of matches. Um, and for uh, the kind of uh, DPS play that we saw in the latter half of this last month uh, to, to show up again for Washington, I think uh, both of those are going to be um, on the menu. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think this could definitely go either way. Um, all right, last matchup, last day of the weekend. Paris Eternal, New York Excelsior. I think this is a very exciting one for a lot of t a lot of, uh, a lot of people because there are two teams at the bottom of the standings. It's always fun to see those matchups. 
and see if Paris has truly just fallen uh, all the way to the bottom because uh, they have had an extremely hard schedule so far. We haven't seen them too much against the lower teams yet. See if they are actually still separated from the lower teams. They play Gladiators earlier this or the day before, which I think a lot of people think is an easy win for the Gladiators, but we'll see how Eternal like Dove uh, here against New York Excelsior. I pick first. Uh, and I'm going with New York Excelsior, and right, and this is the meta that this roster was built for, Joe, and that's the main reason why I'm going to go with the New York Excelsior. Uh, it's a double flex support uh, meta, and they have two flex supports, so this should be the meta where the New York Excelsior uh, have at least some some success. Uh, so I, I would hope. Uh, so I will go New York to beat Paris. Um, who do you have, Joe? Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see the New York Excelsior get their uh, second win of the season uh, <laughs> for this particular matchup. Uh, their first one, of course, a three-one over Vancouver. Uh, and if uh, if they were going to get another convenient win here in North America, it's got to be Paris. Um, you know, just again, if nothing else, based on our <laughs> the power rankings we've set up for them. Um, uh, but, but yeah, they're they're definitely uh, overdue, despite their 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 crypto uh, tweet scandal over the last weekend uh, with the the launch of their captain's collection merch and all that. But um, which we didn't even touch on. But it's fine because it doesn't matter. Because whatever. <laughs> um, despite all of that, uh, I think, uh, like I said, if they if they're gonna get a win, this has got to be. Um, the one or very close to the one uh and so yeah i'm, I'm leaning towards uh, uh new york in this case yeah I, if they if they go 0-2 this weekend it's it's extreme panic mode for the new york excelsior because this is this is the meta they should be good at no doubt um but yeah those are our four predictions there we got our power rankings done um and all we got to do is sit back and wait for tomorrow joe which i i am eagerly awaiting i'm so excited for everything the games and of course the big stream so yeah that's gonna be exciting anything else to talk about here before i sign off i'm sure we'll have plenty for next week um definitely it's gonna be a big episode yeah but i, I think that's it for now uh the the reaper skin the clock is ticking on the reaper skin if you haven't bought it um it may go away in like a day or two i think so yeah, I think that's soon. Um, so go get it if you if you want it. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, my Twitter's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. And our show's Twitter, like we mentioned earlier, is at On The Flank Show. You can listen to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, go to on-the-flank.podcast.co. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening. Um, and enjoy the festivities tomorrow.